baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. Whoa, baby. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice you know what that sounds, Mark. I like at the very beginning. You know what that sound means for us? It's probably heartburn or or uh, something, some kind of some kind of thing <laughs> like that. But uh, welcome in to the Edge here on Wednesday morning. Mark Kramer and Jamie Fox with you today and tomorrow. We got people running off the road. Oh my God! Two days in a row. Come on, man. It's like bamboo shoots underneath their fingernails. Yeah, yes. yeah. Scrape your fingernails against the chalkboard but we're glad you're with us here this morning on the edge we will try our best to uh, keep the tomfoolery to a minimum probably not but uh and be uh, a semi-professional and semi-entertaining this morning here on the edge and we are brought to you by dr david weber at north monroe animal hospital us 165 north in monroe 345-4545 for the best pet care anywhere in the universe. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, specializing in criminal defense, wrongful death, and personal injury. Don't delay. Call Bobby today. 342-1411 is where you can get Bobby and his staff. And Spa Nouvelle on Lammy Lane and Monroe. Pamper the special person in your life. And that number is 807-1060. Excuse me. And you can get us on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline or text line, 888-993-7762. So how are you this morning? Well, uh, off to a rousing start. I've managed to spill. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't uh, damaged anything here in the studio. I've, I've spilled coffee all over myself. and Just short and, out the uh, computer? Well, I, I think I've managed to avoid any of the uh, vital equipment here. Uh, this all this high tech we use here at Sports Talk nine seven seven. I, I try to uh, show it uh, proper reference, and I think I was able to achieve that. Um, Terry Waltrip is I, I didn't. He is uh, at an undisclosed location. I would assume he's uh, in servicing. He is, he, he's what he's doing. What he's in servicing, as opposed to okay, out well, servicing. <laughs> Yes. That means he's colluding with the Russians, right? Right, I think right. That's yeah, what Putin's he's doing, got yes. him on the hotline, and uh, mm-hmm. and he's doing something with him with uh, with some kind of. They're going to try to fix high school sports basketball in okay. some way or another well, from Russia. He's so, one big collusion. Yeah, that's, all, that's right. It's all a conspiracy. Uh, so, no, Terry's in servicing at school uh, the next couple of days, so uh, we'll be in here uh, for him. So, hey, what about that All Star game last night? You know, we talk about all the time about the all-star games and all the sports and whether they're any good, whether they should still have them. Last night, even if you're not a big baseball person, last night showed why baseball has the characteristics and the popularity and the best all-star experience of any of the sports last night. First of all, it was a great game. It was an exciting game, but they had features – of that game that only baseball uh, could offer. I mean, some of the, the drama and everything. First and foremost, you've got 
the best players in the game from both leagues playing as hard as they can in the game. It's not an AAU basketball game. Uh, even in hockey, you know, they don't play a whole – the hockey game usually is, you know, two, most hockey games are 2-1, to 3-2, to 4-2, to you know, something like that. But, you know, the NHL hockey – all-star game sometimes is 12 to 9 and 15 to 11 and that kind of stuff. So they don't play a whole lot of defense and it's mostly a shooting, mostly a scoring kind of thing. And of course, we know what a debacle the football uh, pro bowl is. But it was absolutely great. They set a record for the most most home runs uh last night in an all-star game by both teams combined. And um one of the one of the first things uh, that I wanted to get to about it is <clears throat> we've talked many times, Jamie, th- last night was a good microcosm of what baseball is, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2018. And that is don't worry about whether you strike out. If you can hit the home run, we don't care what your batting average is and we don't care how many times you strike out. You know, it used to be when we were younger, I know that's, you know, prehistoric. That's but a long time ago. Yeah, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, if you struck out 100 times, and I would say this even, this philosophy kind of even went into the 80s. Uh, but if you struck out 100 times, you were terrible. I mean, you were kind of looked down upon as not a very good contact hitter if you struck out 100 times. I mean, if somebody struck out 100 times, it was just like, oh, my gosh, can you believe that guy struck out 100 times? There's, I think, five players in the major leagues, uh, if they said it right last night, that have already struck out over 100 times at the All-Star break. Wow. <laughs> Somebody had struck out 110 times already this hmm. season at the All-Star break. So they're on pace to strike out over 200 times. And an average player, if they play pretty much every day, gets about 600 at-bats. In a, in a you know a starter that plays pretty much all the games, get gets around 600 at bats. You're talking about striking out a third of the time that you go up to to bat, and uh, but you get to look at a guy like Bryce Harper who won the who won the the home run derby. He has I believe 20, I think he has 23 RBI. I mean 23 home runs and. Uh, 56, 57 RBI. So he's on pace for a 40, you know, a 45 and 110, uh, cent, you know, kind of season. Well, he's hitting 214. Well, you never, you didn't talk about, that's almost below the Mendoza line. You didn't hear anybody talking about the fact that he was hitting 214. You know, the Reds have a guy, uh, Adam Duvall, who is, uh, in the top 10 in RBIs, and I think he's in the top 10 in home runs as well. Uh, he's their regular left fielder, and he is hitting 201. Mm. But yet he has, you know, 16, 17, 18 home runs somewhere in there, and he has over 50 RBIs. So he's on pace also to have over 100 RBIs and barely hit 200 if he finishes the season at 200. So, just say all that to say that that's that's a microcosm right now of what the the game in baseball is in in 2018 and so i thought it was very fitting that those that many home runs were hit but i think there was like 24 strikeouts 24 strikeouts as well 
uh, in mm. the game besides all the home runs. Well, chicks dig the long ball, right? That's what they say. Um, but, hey, even I managed to hit 238 or 240 in high school, which isn't saying much because I was in a really uh, poor league, uh, and I was the poorest of, the, of that poor league. But uh, I think the, the game was an extension, as you said, uh, Mark, of the home run hitting derby. There is a premium now placed. Uh, I mean, you can throw you throw out to Harper and his average. Uh, Mike Trout, I think, was the one that, that uh, went yard a couple of times. Uh, Aaron Judge strikes out a lot, but they don't care because he hits the home run. Um, there is not the emphasis on contact anymore like there used to be. And if you do make contact, you know, like you said, it's either it's either strikeout, long out, ground out, or home run. And generally, I would think you'd want to make contact uh, more likely. Just put the ball in place somewhere, even if it's an out. Uh, but that's not the, the goal anymore. It doesn't appear. And I don't know whether the kids are being rushed up too soon to the majors. Um, you know, this is a fundamental but it doesn't seem to be, you know, I, I like the fact, I, I totally agree with you, Mark. I think the Major League Baseball gets it right on their all-star game better than anybody else uh, from the production of it to the selection of players by the fans and so forth. So I think the league as a whole uh, has it right. Um, but you're right, this is a this is a glaring weakness uh, in the game is the lack of uh, productivity unless you're hitting the long ball. Ten home runs. Alex Bregman, of course, from LSU, uh, hit the go-ahead home run, a solo home run in the tenth inning uh, that put uh, the American League ahead. They ended up scoring a couple of more runs uh, later in the inning, in the in the top of the tenth. But Alex Bregman's home run put them ahead uh, at the time, six to five. And uh, Bregman's home run was one of ten home runs, record-breaking ten home runs in the in the game yeah well he he also i mean kind of got off to a slow start this year his average was was not very high i think he's you know starting to make contact more but and he's normally not looked upon as as one who you know is uh, a power hitter but he has quickly become one um i guess what i'm interested to see uh now my this is to me the most interesting time of year in baseball is the trade deadline coming up i'm just fascinated by this and hoping the astros don't trade anybody because i you know and you're of course hoping the reds trade everybody um well actually hey reds last night two home runs for the reds players last night of course the big blow uh was the when the national league was down five to three in the bottom of the ninth inning scooter Jeanette, and that's one of the other things i wanted to get to real quick uh jamie is this is another thing that uh, that baseball has that the other sports don't have with the drama and how they do the game. Uh, Scooter Jeanette has a minor injury. I don't know what it is. They wouldn't publicize what it was. But he was purposely held out of playing in the field uh, because, you know, of his little minor injury that he had. He was the only position player when they came up in the ninth inning he was the only position player to have not played or batted in the ball game last night for the National wow. League. And so uh, the manager sends him up, uh, Dave Roberts from the Dodgers, sends him up to pinch hit so he can get in the game. 
Because, you know, you don't want guys to go to the All-Star game and not play unless they say, hey, you know, unless, usually it's a pitcher that doesn't pitch because maybe they just pitched a couple of days before for their regular team before the All-Star game. And so he, he gets to pinch hit in the bottom of the ninth inning, comes up with a, a runner on and uh, hits a uh, big home run into the bullpen in right center field uh, to tie the game at five. So uh, the Reds guy looked like he was going to be one of the heroes. And then uh, Alex Bregman hits that home run in the top of the 10th. But in the bottom of the 10th inning, who gets up there and hits a home run to make it eight to six? Joey Votto from the Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds oh, had well. two of their three players. Uh, Suarez didn't do much at the plate, but two of the red, two of the three Reds All Stars hit home runs for the NL last night. That was well, my high. That was my highlight. That was your highlight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the Reds are probably doing a little bit better than probably even you expected this year. But it's interesting to see. Uh, is it just me, or is, it, is this game later in the season? Because now we're probably very close to 100 games. So it's probably in most teams' place, probably only 60 to uh, 65, 66 games left in the, in the regular season. So, you know, you've got the trade deadline coming July 31st. You've already heard about uh, more than likely Manny Machado from the Baltimore Orioles will be traded to Los Angeles to the Dodgers is what sounding like. And now um, – Rich get richer. Yeah, indeed. Um, hate to see that for Baltimore, but uh, I understand it. Uh, you, you can't take the chance of losing – people to free agency um it's usually jamie it's been it's been pretty traditional that the second week in july is mm -hmm. when the all-star game is uh, it's been that way for a long long time uh, yeah. they have more days off as the season goes along there's more of those open days on thursdays and mondays and mm -hmm. so even though um, you know like boston i'm just looking at the standings uh, to your point, Boston's played 98 games so far, and so you're more than you're more than that 81, which would be half of the season. But again, as you go along for the rest of the season, there's a lot of days off built in in August and September as the season winds down. So the players don't, I mean, they get run down anyway with that kind of schedule, but it helps helps them recover a little bit to have some more of those built-in off days. So they don't have as many games scheduled the second half of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, after this many games, and, you know, you're obviously you're, you know, you're, the arms start getting tired, injuries start to pile up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, to me, baseball, Major League Baseball in particular, is a, uh, it is a marathon, not a sprint for sure. Um a lot of games played, just 162, which which I personally think is too much. Um, but, you know, you do, to me, when you've gone through a Major League Baseball season and the playoffs and the World Series, if you're fortunate enough to get there, uh, you've earned it. I mean, that is a – it is a game of, of uh, skill, of course, a tremendous skill, but also attrition. Um, if you can keep everybody, you know, primarily healthy or get people back – um, I'm interested to know, uh, Mark, is our uh, resident uh, Cub expert, John Tabor, uh, handy for a question? Hey, his, con his, his Cubs uh, catcher had the first run for the National League as he, uh, Contreras, hit a home run to yes, good get him on the board. I'm, I'm really happy with the development he's had as well. Because he, 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 he had well, six or seven years stretching the minors. He 
wasn't fast tracked by he any means. He put his dues in. He, yeah, he paid his dues, and man, he's developed in the. I think one of the top two or three catchers in the National League, just you know, impartial. But well, what's your I, question? I well, I think here we are, John. You know, talking about the All Star break and and then the. Uh, and the trade deadline, who, what kind of moves do you see that, or do you see the Cubs making a move? Well, there's, there's been the rumors floating around that they may put in a bid for Degrom out of mm-hmm. out of the, for the Mets, kind of help sew up them. the the staff. You know, usually you kind of look for a third or fourth type of starter when you're in the position the Cubs are in. But I think Degrom, as well as as good as his stuff is, he he wouldn't. And see, Lester is the number one guy, but I could see him definitely falling into the number two guy in the rotation. It would really solidify the, the staff going forward. Now, how much the Mets are going to want in return, that that's kind of the left to be seen. But, you know, I did. other than that, you know, they may do some little tweaking and, and you know, position players, utility guys, or a bullpen arm to kind of, you know, get some depth there. But they're, they're kind of rounding into form right now, so I'm just – it's just like let's just get back on the field and get back to playing. It's just like the yeah. World Series year, John. That uh, um, yeah, well, when, when they, they had Chap, when well, they, got they made Chapman. the move for Chapman, when, and you know what? He left. He left. You know, November he was gone. That's okay. They got a freaking. They got, the they ring. got a ring for it. <laughs> yeah, and it's the same way. You know, well, you don't want to deplete your young guys too much, and and you know, tear apart your farm system or your your prospects that you've just brought up. But eventually, you've got to look in the mirror and say, if we're not going to win now, when are we going to win? 888-993-7762. AJ texts in and says, John's right. DeGrom would be the number one, no doubt. Lester is getting old. <laughs> well, he, well, yeah, but he's he, still good. Well, I think DeGrom's got another year on his contract, and he's the he's the type of guy that you would be willing to sit down and give a four- or five-year deal going forward. Oh, yeah. I love Johnny Lester, but I believe he's 34 maybe. Don't yeah. quote me on that. He, you're not looking to go another four or five year deal with him, right? Degrom's right in the middle DeGrom's of his prime. Degrom's that guy so. that you're looking to bring in and then build your staff around for the future. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line will return here on the Edge right after this. Welcome back to the Edge here on Sports Talk ninety seven seven. Mark Kramer, Jamie Fox here with you today, along with John Tabor. Glad that you're with us. However, you're listening to us and wherever you are listening to us, we're glad that you're here with us on this Wednesday morning. And another kind of a, um, I don't know, an offshoot, Jamie, of last night's game, uh, Josh Hader, who uh, actually gave up the big three-run home run that put up put the American League up 5-2. to two. He's a relief pitcher for the Brewers. Evidently, somebody... Uh, found some old tweets going all the way back to when he was in, uh, <coughs> excuse me, when he was in high school. <clears throat> and uh, I read them this morning. And, uh, well, they were pretty terrible, uh, pretty vulgar and um, uh, racist and all kinds of, uh, you know, horrible comments that he made as uh, when he was in high school. And of course, that was seven years ago. Uh, we're all a lot different in high school. My point of bringing this up, is um, we see this all the time now. Oh, such and so said this, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, how long is there an expiration date on opinion? Our opinions change as our life goes on. And I know just for me personally, 
uh, I can't speak for anybody else, but uh, your opinions change as you as you mature and get older, and um, it's just like your appetite. You know, there's things that you like to eat when you were maybe 10 or 12 that when you're 32, you don't like anymore. You know, your taste changes. Uh, doctors supposedly say that your body chemistry changes every five to seven years because people all, the, all of a sudden get allergic to things that they weren't allergic to before as they get older, all of that kind of stuff. So is there an expiration date on things that you say or do, you know, like that are considered, um, you know, negative uh, society-wise? Uh, how much do you hold somebody accountable for, again, like something like this, that would, and it was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I have to admit it's pretty terrible. And I'm not making excuses for him at all. I'm just bringing up the point of, you know, do all of us in society, period, that are attached to sports, you know, do we want to, how, um, how far back, you know, I don't want to be held responsible for things I said when I was 21. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Because not. I was a completely different person than I am at almost 62. You know, I mean, you do and say, I don't want to be held responsible for things that I did when I was when I was 21. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you see my yeah. point is that, you know, how much I mean, people's uh, opinions and people's maturity level changes as they get older, hopefully. And so we tend to now in this um, social media society uh, we 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 tend to crucify people for for things that either they did or said years and years ago, uh, and don't take for granted uh, or realize that hey you know maybe uh, this this person you know or or they come out and, hey I'm not like that anymore I don't have that opinion or I don't do these things or whatever it happens to be. Uh, let's go real quick to the Washita Valley. Federal Credit Union Hotline. Welcome in, Joe. Good morning. Hey, it's not even stuff that you may have believed in high school. How much stupid stuff did you say when you were in high school just because you thought it was funny or cool? Or did it for a laugh or because everybody else was saying it too? Now, fortunately mm -hmm. for most of us, um, Twitter wasn't there, so there's no record of it. Right. But everybody says stupid stuff stuff in high school everybody does and if someone were to challenge me on something stupid i said in high school i'd ask him to take a lie detector and ask him if he said anything during his high school career that they that regret he was not proud of right that they regret everybody exactly. said it and now it's just oh i can get a name because i can go dig up an eight-year-old text you know but then the other part of this is, is you know what folks be aware of this and don't put stupid stuff on twitter you know, <laughs> and, it at the party and then it's gone. And Joe, and that's my the that was going to be. I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next segue to the next part of this that I wanted to talk about, and that is the privacy issues of, you know, where is the line drawn? Uh, that's one of the reasons I'm not on social media. First of all, um, should people be able to go back for years? and be able to look into your personal messages and screenshot them and then share them with the world. You know, to me, at, at some point, at some point, and I'm surprised somebody hasn't done this already, at some point there has to be some kind of a privacy issue that comes into all of this 
where there's there's a certain limit to where people can you know go back Europe's and look into that. your personal stuff Europe's doing that it's called right to be forgotten and Europe's doing that but we're not going to because people with money don't want you to be able to but the part problem with Twitter is, is Twitter isn't private Twitter is a public announcement of your temporary feelings and so Twitter's not private so unfortunately Twitter's fair game there's no expectation of privacy on Twitter so, stay off of Twitter. Put put cute stuff, put pictures of kitties on Twitter. Don't put nasty words and stupid ideas. So, have a good day. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, buddy. Your thoughts on that, Jamie? Well, um, interesting. Josh Hader was a was an Astros farmhand, and I never forgave them for trading to the Brewers. That was that wonderful Carlos Gomez trade that may be the worst trade in, in history. Uh and he was a young guy that, that the Brewers couldn't believe they, that the Astros were willing to offer him. And he was young. He's also left-handed, which is a plus coming out of the pen, throws a lot of heat, and he threw a lot of heat when he was in high school. Not all of it very complimentary. Uh, and to Joe's point, I totally agree with that. I I am not on Twitter uh, and or Instagram or any of these other things. Number one is I probably wouldn't know how to do it. But number two is – uh, he's right. There's a your the laws are the rights to privacy and so forth. Everything now, unfortunately, with social media now becomes a permanent record, uh, and it's really scary because I totally agree with you as well, um, Mark. In the sense that I'd hate to think I'd be held uh, in uh, contempt for the things I've said in the past, either in a fit of anger or frustration or. or you know, all these things, which I think we're supposed to be a country of second chances, in some cases third, fourth, and fifth chances, until someone disagrees with you. And if you don't, nowadays it is, if you don't hold the same viewpoint, whether it be political or something like that, uh, all of a sudden you're branded. And that to me, and then it goes out over, you know, the airways, and there's there's ways to uh I mean, I don't necessarily like the fact that our president's on Twitter, but I can't disagree with what he's saying in the sense that this is the only way, this is the only avenue I have to defend myself. The press hates my guts. You know, everybody's out, you know, there's a chance that, you know, whatever I say is going to be scrutinized. And no no better, to Joe's point, no better deal, and I don't mean to get into politics or whatever, than this deal in Russia where he's had about four hours of sleep and had a, a, a step, uh, a misstep. And you can say things nowadays, Mark, that can be taken out of context, and you've lost your job, and there's there's a good chance you'll never be employed again. Yeah, there's certain um, things that you either do or say that uh, even if you're proven to be innocent, once something is out there and people get and the storm gathers and the snowball starts rolling downhill, even if it's proven later that you are innocent. You are still ha- you still have that cloud uh, circling your head about oh well remember when he was accused of this or he supposedly said that or she supposedly said that oh well you know if you're having a conversation with somebody well they were proven completely innocent of that they didn't do that at all well you know but you know you kind of well there's smoke fire you know well you know well. 
Well, so instead of uh, just is, saying, yeah, you're right, they, they found that they didn't do it at all or they didn't say that at all and, and be done with it, we still tend to keep that shadow hanging over somebody uh, when it's certain subjects. You know, mm-hmm. race is one, sex is another. Uh, you know, you have those particular subjects, and they seem to last longer in people's memories uh, than certain other things. So, you know, also we can't pick and choose what we decide to condemn somebody for and and, and what we hang on to for a long time. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we will continue this riveting discussion here on The Edge on Sports Talk 97.7. Be right back. Welcome back to The Edge. Mark Kramer, Jamie Foxx, John Tabor here with you talking about uh, privacy issues and uh, Josh Hader, the relief pitcher. Did you get my text? I did. Relief pitcher from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. And, Jamie, you were also mentioning the uh, young man from from Oregon State, the pitcher, uh, who had some issues when he was a young teenager. Uh, and um, some uh, molestation charges, uh, and which was now what six, seven, seven or eight years ago, and um, his case, as you put it, had been adjudicated already. But yet he has now gone undrafted uh, two straight years, I believe, in uh, the major league draft, and he's considered the best pitcher in the nation, not just at Oregon State, but in the country. And he has not been drafted because of the PR firestorm that would surround. I liken that to the Ray Rice situation. You know, Ray Rice could still play football, but uh, there were uh, franchises didn't want to deal with the PR firestorm that would come with hiring him uh, at the running back position. And the same thing is true, I think, with this young man from Oregon State and the fact that Nobody wants to take a chance on drafting him because they're going to get hammered so much uh, in the public eye and on social media that a franchise doesn't want that kind of bad publicity. Well, Ray Rice, you know, he did his thing when he was much older and supposedly was supposed to be more mature. Luke Heimlich was a basically a minor in himself. And I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I mean, I know people have told me that this kind of behavior is uh, – recidivism rate is, is real high on this, and, you know, I don't know. Uh, but until, you know, I, I do believe in, in rehab and, and things like that. I mean, we give we give people chances in society. Uh, Except God, Croatia. We, yeah, I mean, we, we have people walking around here that have, you know, committed murder that are walking the streets, okay? And getting second chances and um, – but because you know, there's 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 all sorts of this this Twitter stuff and this social media, um, I don't think is is overall has been good for this country as a whole. I agree, it has and, not. And I think it's hurt people's uh, careers and reputation, damaged them irreparably. Um, because once it's out, like this thing, I mean, how is now? How is Josh Hader going to outrun this thing? How it even? Um, and this doesn't necessarily on Twitter, but let's just keep it local. Let's keep it Ed Orgeron at, at, at LSU. He can't outrun his experience at Ole Miss. It was a disaster, no question about it. He made a bunch of mistakes. But now, all of a sudden, he's he's continually judged every day upon what he did at Ole Miss. Okay? Um, he can't outrun it. 
Um, there's things that I've realized now in my past that I can't outrun. Of course, at my height and weight and so forth, I can't outrun much of anything anymore. Uh, but now, so as a result, I've had to change tactics and take them take things on head on at the time that it, that it occurs. Um, and, you know, uh, circumstances be darned. I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, pay the fiddler right now. But some people, uh, Mark, I mean, particularly, I, I like the fact that, you know, it, don't, I thought as Americans we loved the comeback story. I thought we loved... Um, the I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm even, I'm even to the point where, and I, and you may feel differently being a Reds fan, but I'm even like, okay, has Pete Rose not paid enough of a price by now? I mean, you know, put the dude in the hall, forget about it. I mean, there's so many, like I said, there's people, um, you're not going to have model citizens play. Ty Cobb supposedly was one of the biggest thugs that ever walked the earth. Yeah, he was extremely... He was from Georgia at the time, of course, at the turn of the turn of the twentieth century. Uh, evidently, he was in a very racist kind of person, mm-hmm. and um, you know, hurt people on purpose. He used to—I know—he used to sharpen his spikes. I've mm-hmm. seen pictures of his spikes. He used to sharpen his spikes to a point, and he would slide into bases and purposely spike uh, infielders in their legs with his spikes. And I mean, he—he he went up in the stands a couple of times to fight people. Uh, I mean, things that you know, would not even – would get somebody completely kicked out of the sport today and, you know, and he's in the Hall of Fame. The, all of the Hall well, of Fames are not in there uh, necessarily uh, because of character issues. You know, I'm not defending Pete Rose's uh, gambling thing at all, but um, my thing always has been, and not just as a Reds fan but as a baseball guy, uh, and that is that – He's not going in. Yes, what he did was wrong. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed that he did those kind of things because that can lead to a lot of things that hurt the integrity of the game of baseball uh, by especially, you know, what he was doing at that particular time. But he was he's not going into the Hall of Fame as a as a manager. When all of this happened, he was not a player. Uh, They never proved that he did anything. Uh, betting wise when he during his playing days he was the manager of the reds at the time so he's not going into the hall of fame as a manager he's going in as a player and i think that's one thing where they should differentiate with him uh, because a lot of people don't realize what the actual stickling point is with pete rose and i think this is important to bring out they have to be on the ballot to be voted on by the baseball writers well in the bylaws of the hall of fame to be on the ballot, there's a clause in there that says you have to be, quote, in, and it's very subjective, you have to be in good standing with baseball to be put on the ballot, okay? Well, Pete Rose can't get put on the ballot. The, the, the writers can't vote for him because he's not on the ballot. And the only way he can be on the ballot is if the commissioner, whoever the commissioner is at whatever time, has to be able to clear him to be in, quote, good standing with baseball. Because, you know, Pete Rose can't even go into a baseball stadium. He has to get special permission from the commissioner's office to go to an old-timers day in Cincinnati or an all-star game, you know, ceremony uh, when they put a statue of him out in front of the stadium and they had a ceremony for that. He, again, had to ask special permission from the commissioner's office to be able to 
uh, be at the at the cer- at these ceremonies or at these old timers games in the stadium itself. Uh, otherwise, he's not allowed to go. You know, have anything to do. He can't go to spring training and be an instructor. He can't do any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah. but he was a player uh, at the time when he when he did all of this. So he's got to be on the ballot for them to be able to vote on him, and that's where the whole process is completely blocked up where he is concerned. But uh, that's my whole thing about Pete Rose is that he was not uh, a player at the time when all this, he was the, uh, he was the manager. Well, and, and let's, you know, again, let's play double standards again and throw Babe Ruth into the equation. I mean, you going to convince me that Babe Ruth didn't gamble while he was playing? Didn't, I mean, he was, I mean, Back then, we have now, over the course of time, found out that, um, you know, that I think that, you know, back then, had they been Twitter or had they been social media back in those days, I mean, you know, we knew about what President Kennedy did, what Ty Cobb did. Their, their histories are now, you know, pretty much public record. And yet Ty Cobb is in the hall. Babe Ruth is in the hall. And yet we hold Pete Rose to this, and I don't. I'm not a huge Rose fan, to be honest with you. I hated him when he played. I appreciated his effort, but I didn't like him. But I think the man should be in the hall. I say all this to say, uh, Mark, as you're aware, I've, I've, my family has had a huge loss in the last month. You know, the loss of my mother. And one of the things I really, really appreciated from my family's perspective, my cousins and so forth, is. One of my cousins named a daughter she had after my mother, which is a very difficult name. My mother's name was Leland. Uh, I know you don't hear it anywhere. Even my mother said, why would anyone name a child Leland? You can't spell it. You can't pronounce it. Everybody butchers the name. But she was proud to have somebody named after her. One of the efforts they made was to bring this precious little child to see my mom before she passed away. And so my mom had that memory. She knew that her name and her legacy was being carried on by someone. And I guess that's, you know, I say all this to say, you know, when you come to the later stages in your life, when you you know you've made a bunch of mistakes and you know you've, you know, said things you wish you, you regretted and you've, you know, whether it be divorce or whatever, we've all gone through it, again, the problem I have with Twitter and all this social media, it doesn't allow, we don't allow, it's selective enforcement and it's selective judgment is made as a result of, of these two things being so prevalent in our lives right now. And I see it with, uh, I'm not necessarily a big fan of what Heim, the Heimlich kid did at Oregon State, but come on, people, can we let this rest at some point? And uh, I just I just believe in redemption. Um, and, Mark, you can tell me if I'm completely out of bounds here, and, John, you as well. But I just believe in the power of redemption. Well, there's just there's a lot of layers to – that's why I wanted to bring this up because it's so prevalent in sports now. Uh, and I think it all goes back to what Coach Herm Edwards said, and I hope he, he uses his own advice at, now that he's the head coach at, or at Arizona State. Don't push send. <laughs> just don't push send. You know, reread what you're writing about 10 times before you push that send button and think about, okay, what is somebody else going to think about? Are they going to understand what's in my mind when I'm putting this down there and uh, and and see uh, what's going on? 
Uh, you know, Tony texts in, and you can get us too on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line and hotline. And Tony says, um, uh, the truth, uh, uh, it says, does baseball have a track record of putting talent over behavior in the hall like football? And he says, the truth nobody talks about is that uh, the media was racist. We're talking about um, when uh, back in the early 1900s, we were talking about Ty Cobb earlier. Uh, the uh, media back in those days was racist also. Uh, the media has always controlled our society. That, Tony, I completely agree with, um, unfortunately. Uh, we tend to be a, a, a nation of lambs. We, we just kind of follow what the media tells us and think that it's true. But, there, but that part that he was talking about back in the early, early 1900s uh, and even you know a little forward from there, um, the media protected people uh, that had those kinds of views, unfortunately. So the rest, because there was such a limited amount of ways to find out news before radio, you know, newspapers and magazines were pretty much it. Uh, the printed word is all you got. And if the people that were writing all of those stories didn't say anything about somebody's uh, deficiencies as a person, you didn't really get to know about it. And like you said, Jamie, we're just kind of finding out a lot of this stuff in the last 10 to 20 years as documents and, and things are being um, found and released and different things like that that uh, show us, kind of shed a little bit more light on what some of the uh, some of these sports figures were like uh, back in the day. So um, anyway, just an interesting perspective. Just thought it would be a good talking subject because it is something that, uh, you know, as social media continues to develop, it is an issue, you know, the privacy issue, I think, is going to be more and more uh, something that's going to be bannered about publicly uh, in the next few years as to how far is there a line in the sand as how far, uh, you know, privacy issues follow somebody uh, that makes public, uh, puts public statements out there on either Twitter or Facebook. We'll go ahead and take our final break here on this Wednesday edition of The Edge, and we'll return to wrap things up right after this. Welcome back. A few more minutes here before we wrap things up. Here on The Edge, Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line, 888-993-7762. And we have another text. Uh, Bienville Ritchie says, nothing is, this is a very true statement. I appreciate this. I appreciate his uh, comment here on this because this is, very profound and very correct. Nothing is more powerful than that of a death sentence via pub public opinion. Yeah, that's very true. That's a that's a lot to say right there in just one sentence. I totally agree with that, and uh, I also think that um, you know, like I said, now the problem is I'm particularly concerned about this uh, hater. Uh, Josh, no, he's not a hater, but his name is Josh Hader. H-A-D-E-R. Yeah, -E 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 like um, the uh, Saturday Night Live Bill Hader. Yeah, I mean, he's going to spend the rest of, certainly the rest of his, this year for sure, and maybe his career, trying to downplay these things that he played, that he did as an immature teenager. Well, now, how, um, do you, how would you like to be him? And he said all this stuff, and they were terrible. You know, we're not, we're not making excuses for him or justifying anything. I read, I read all of the some of the tweets they had that people had re you know screenshotted or whatever and it was awful i mean everything that he said was awful it was vulgar it was terrible but now he's got to go face his teammates 
you know, he's got to, whether it's, you know, whether he's a changed person or not, and he's not, you know, that was crazy stuff that he did as a dumb high school kid, uh, you know, and all of that. And that may be true, and we hope it is. But now he's got to go back in. This is the thing, having been in a clubhouse myself as a player, that's going to be what you're talking about right there, Jamie. He's going to have to walk in tomorrow to that Milwaukee Brewers locker room, and he's going to have to face teammates that may have a completely different his opinion of him and uh, and him as a person, even as a ball player, uh, than a couple of days ago when he last left the Milwaukee Brewers locker room, and he also has to deal with the fallout from how he is perceived by fans and all of that. One of the best lines, they've already written an article this morning about it. Some of the, one of the sports writers on Yahoo wrote about it. And he said that, that Josh Hader's career has been completely defined in one evening. And it's totally unfair. Yeah, but it's it's a scary it's a scary thought that whether regardless of what he does or what he says from now on, that all of that that one evening is going to define him as a as a person. Well, um, the thing that's you've heard the expression, Mark. People in glass houses don't throw stones. Those same people that are making rash judgments about him and labeling him are the same ones who said something very similar at some point and i'm again not making excuses for it but again uh why when did everybody become so sanctimonious and self-righteous that you could judge another human being based upon the mistakes of their youth um which everyone has had and done and i i totally admit that i'm totally guilty of that um but own up to it you know, and and, and, he and did. I think these people that are going to judge him like this, like you said, these fellow players, I think they need to look in the mirror themselves. You know, what is it? it I mean, this is biblical. He is without sin, cast the first stone. Go and ahead, baseball players, do it. But you're as guilty as Josh Hader is probably at some point in your past. And just about what every, do you think? and that was my point of just bringing the subject up, is, you know, where's the line drawn? All of us, you know, there's not anybody in the United States I don't care male, female, what race you are, what cultural you are, you know, where your origin of your family's from. Uh, everybody has said and done things in their in their past that, you know, they would uh, like to soon forget and hope that nobody either knows about or would forget that does know about it. Uh, there's just things you want to leave behind because you do mature and you're not that same person anymore. Uh, I mean, I, I consider myself light years uh, a better person than I was even 15, 20 years ago, just because of life experiences and, and maturity and, you know, the people around me uh, positively affecting me and, and that kind of thing. So um, I just know from my own experience, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, not, that's not something that would be beneficial, you know, for me and probably 99.9% of the people uh, in the United States of FS real quick here on the Washington Valley Federal Credit Union 
text line says, uh, Hater may be today's John Rocker. And, uh, you know, that's I told him that was a good comparison. The old pitcher for the Braves kind of had a similar issue back when he was pitching for the Braves in the, uh, I believe, the 90s and the early 2000s. Well, that'll wrap things up for us today here. Again, The Edge brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, 165 North Monroe. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. You can reach Bobby and his staff at 342-1411 and Spa Nouvelle, Lammy Lane in Monroe. Pamper the special person in your life, 807-1060. Thank John Tabor, not only for being a great producer, but he always gives me my Jimi Hendrix fix sometime (laughs) during the show. And I really appreciate that because he never forgets. And I always appreciate that very much. And Jamie, I appreciate you very much. Great stuff today. Thanks for all the texts and phone calls today on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line and hotline. And Jamie and I, like it or not, will return tomorrow for another edition of The Edge. So don't forget, don't live life safe. Live it on The Edge. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>